Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I have Jen Adamson on with us. She is an executive level mindset and manifest manifestation coach, number one international best-selling author, registered nurse, and will be featured speaker, speaker at TEDx Huntington Beach in September this fall. So welcome to the show today, Jen. Thank you, Andrea. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes. So I would love to start with um, writing your book. Uh, brave women stand because I've also written a couple books myself. So I know kind of what goes into them, you know, your heart and your soul. So I would love to have you share a little bit about your experience, maybe what drew you to wanting to write a book. I love that question so much because as you had mentioned, you know, the amount of heart and soul that you pour into sharing your own story. And so I've always considered, I've always loved to write. And it started when I was a little girl and journaling and just, you know, journaling down my thoughts and then reading really fun books in the process and then getting ideas. And so it really started, the idea of writing a book actually started when I was about seven or eight years old, when I was downstairs in my, uh, my grandma's basement cellar. And I was like, I'm going to write a book one day. And at a seven or eight-year-old thought mindset, it was it's kind of hard for me to wrap my mind around it now. But then I see my daughter who's five and a half and how, how insightful she can be and how insightful children can be naturally. I was like, I'm going to write a book and it's going to be a story about the storm clouds and then the rainbow at the end. And so I kind of just started writing. And that has always been something that's been close to my heart and I've carried with me. And over many years, you know, I, I lived <clears throat> pretty constricted uh, with a lot of limiting thoughts and beliefs about myself and towards life. And it wasn't until about a year and a half ago where one of my coaches and mentors approached me and said, we want you to contribute to this book. So it's an anthology with uh, 14 other amazing women. And I had written, I have an ebook, <clears throat> excuse me, that I wrote and this was just like the natural next step for me is to is to write. And so in that book, I got to really open up and be very vulnerable, very raw, real and honest about some of my dark nights, the dark nights of my soul, which is really two big ones in my life where I at the time didn't realize it, but was really experiencing some massive shifts in my own belief system and the way that I live my life. And, you know, I'm sure you can resonate to this is like, when you're going through the process of it, it doesn't feel like <laughs> you're like, what's going on? Why am I going through this right now? And I talk about in the second dark night of the soul, where I actually knew that this was what needed to happen and learn to surrender and trust the process. And so, yeah, I get to, I get to experience, get to, I get to share that, that my experience, because what's really important to me is, although it feels still so scary for me to be, be to be vulnerable and to open my heart up on, in new ways like that and to connect, I know how impactful and helpful it's been for me personally to hear other people's stories of, of their you know, they're kind of rock bottom or, or I don't, I didn't see any other way. And then slowly and surely through their faith and through their beliefs and through healing and through growth, they transform into, you know, the beautiful life that they've created. So it's that process of becoming that I got to share 
with my readers and encouraging them and hopefully sparking a lot of inspiration and hope and faith within themselves. And do you have another book in you? I definitely do. I have so many ideas all the time. I'm so I know you're big into Ayurveda too, and I'm so Vata energy yeah. with a little bit of little bit of Pita. Uh, so yeah, I'm very much in that. Ideas are always coming, <clears throat> and so yes, I absolutely I have. I'm sure many more books, and I'm just trusting the process right now. Uh, my big focus is on my TEDx my TEDx talk in the fall. And that's even another story, right? Where I get to really open and connect with and engage with the audience on a whole new level, which I'm really excited about. Oh, I love that. Well, I would like to know kind of a little bit more about, you know, your background and, you know, you came from like a fortune 500 company and, you know, you said you felt kind of trapped there. So can you share a little bit about that? If people are listening, cause I know I have a lot of, I have a lot of Pitta listeners and Pitta energy, which you know, tend to be the ones who are the go-getters. So share a little bit about that and maybe what made you know, Hey, it's time to, to leave. Oh, I love that question. So, um, just, just to clarify, I was, I would, was consulting with fortune 500 companies. So I was, I was, uh, consulting fortune 500 companies on sustainable business practices mm-hmm. and speaking on stages and working with the C-suite executives and, was really growing at this very rapid pace at a really young age. Mm. At the time, I didn't think I was young. You know, I was 25. <laughs> and I don't know if you've experienced this, but at 25, I kind of had, I would always joke and joke and say, I'm having a quarter life crisis at the time. Uh, because at that time, you know, now hindsight is 2020. I'm almost 39 years old. So many years have passed since then. Looking at hindsight, it was like, well, yeah, I just needed to experience more life. But at the time I felt like I was so sure that that's what I was going to do. I was, you know, I grew up very traditional, very traditional household of you go to college and then after college, you get a really good job and it better be a doctor or a lawyer or something very close to it. And you make really good money and you work yourself up to the top. And oh, also you get married, you have kids, you get the house. And that should just magically bring all of this happiness and fulfillment and joy. And so what I ended up and now my life somewhat reflects a lot of what I just shared. But at the time, I just blindly took that on as, okay, yeah, then that's that's what I meant to do. And I never checked in with myself. I never understood what it meant to be purposeful or intentional at the time. And so I just kind of went and I I became what ended up happening is I became stuck in this very vicious cycle of achievement Mm. and very vicious cycle of being in the toxic hustle culture where I was just one achievement after another. And I was, I was manifesting these achievements fairly rapidly and surprisingly for a very, very young woman, you know, here I was working up the ranks. And I remember really, this is kind of where I share in the, in the book, Brave Women Stand, where this was my first very pivotal moment where my soul was crying. So I was starting to wake up in the middle of the night um, in just full-blown panic attacks. Like my sheets would be drenched with sweat. I thought I was having heart attacks, but I knew something deeper inside of me said, this is not what you're meant to be doing, Jen. And I was too scared to listen to that. 
I was too scared to listen to that because I was so in, I, at least I believed at the time that I was so, I was too deep. I was, I was too invested. I couldn't. And what really, and this was over, you know, months. And then what that led to was insomnia for, for four months and, and then eventually uh, suicidal thoughts. Mm. And I am clinically diagnosed with depression and anxiety. And um, I had been that I had been diagnosed with that back in high school when I was feeling suicidal for the first time and through, you know, therapy and holistic health as well. I have worked to, to, you know, I'm at this, at that point in time for 10 years, I was doing fine. Um, and I have no, like, I just want to caveat and say, I'm also part-time registered nurse. So I, I really fully believe in the integration of both Eastern and Western medicine. I think, you know, not one is better than the other, but when we can mix and integrate them too, to be complementary, it can lead to so many, so many benefits. And so, you know, check with your doctor, but then also go and, you know, go to the holistic health practitioner as well, because there's wisdom in all of it. Um, and there has been times where I've had to be on medications to get myself out of that really deep, dark place. Um, and, you know, currently I'm not on medications through lots of exercise and meditation and yoga, but I've also, I'm at this place now too, where I'm okay if I might need to go on again um, at some point, if that's ever the case. So I just, I, I want to share that because that is just really important to me to share. But at that time, I had started to think of wanting to take my life away. And that was a real big red flag. That was finally the moment where I felt I like my knees hit to the ground and I surrendered. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And I didn't realize it at the time, but it was really like a, a strong prayer to the universe of please show me the way show me the way. <clears throat> it was my, my moment where I was literally pushed to surrender. <laughs> I could not operate in the way that I was operating anymore. It was not bringing me that level of fulfillment that I thought it was. And so over a decade of, of, you know, I moved to India for a few months and I learned about, you know, all sorts of things, spiritual work, Ayurvedic medicine, energy, all of it. And it, you don't have to move to India to do that. I just want to share caveat. <laughs> it's just my path. There's other ways you can come back to yourself, come back to the home of yourself, which is your soul, your highest self, and, and live this really beautiful existence. My path just called me to go to India. And through that, then here I am, right? Over a series of many years, many steps taken and growing my spiritual practice, growing my connection with my own intuition and realizing that we really are our own gurus. Mm -hmm. We might need some help in uncovering that. We might need to uh, ask for the support and, and that can be a real big struggle, especially for high achieving women. We want to be able to figure it out on our own. And there's a lot of strength and there's a lot of transformation involved with allowing ourselves to surrender from time to time. And that doesn't mean giving up. It just means allowing ourselves to be like, I may not have all the answers actually right now. And there is really not a lot we can control outside of ourselves. It really isn't. Um, control is a bit of an illusion. And so learning to create that co-creative relationship with 
with my, my universe, God, spirit, your own intuition has really been the superpower that has, that has created this beautiful life and, and is what I'm getting to do with my clients as well. Mm. Man, there's so many different threads that come like when I pull down, I'm like, okay, where do I start? So I think I want to kind of start with the, you know, as you said, the high achieving women, um, often a tag that I find that goes with it, as you probably experienced, it sounds like is that, that burnt out tag. So how can people find that balance? So I have a lot of, I say, I, when I work with a lot of the high achieving Pitta, you know, style energies, they don't want to lose that edge, but they want to soften a little bit. So they don't get burnt out because they can feel themselves going that way, but they still are like, they might love their job, but it's, it's a lot and how, and they have a family and a home yes. they're trying to take care of and trying to do all the things. So how can you kind of work that balance in there? Oh, thank you so much for asking that question. Cause the biggest thing I, my biggest message <clears throat> to all of my clients and to my viewers on, on all the social media is that you don't have to lose your high achieving quality. In fact, mm-hmm. I'm still a high achiever. I'm still getting it done. I'm still, you know, quote unquote, making things happen. Um, you know, I am creating and have lots of projects in the pipeline and on the horizon. And I never, ever, ever want to lose that piece of me because I love that I'm ambitious. I love that I'm a go-getter. I love that I can get stuff done. And it's that quality that makes huge impact and change in the world. It's the one quality that can really spark transformation and create revolutions. And I think even I'm even going to go so far as saying to even eradicate injustice, Mm. you know, so we need that quality. But I think like, just with like Ayurveda in general, right? It's all about this balance or this harmony. It's like, if we have too much of one thing, and we don't have enough of the complementary energy to, I, I, I kind of like to stay away from the word balance, but I, you know, use it, I guess, semantics is like, because I don't fully believe that. Like my life isn't like, I'm a single mom. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a nurse. I'm in a really beautiful relationship with my soulmate. So there's lots going on. And so there will be times where there's focus and attention on some areas and maybe other areas, not so much. And so learning to live with that harmony, but with that, You know, if we are so much in a certain energy, what that does is it really brings the scale and it makes it unequal. Mm. And then that's what creates disease, right? That's what can create the dis-ease in life. So that's, so what I like to teach my clients is, is keep allowing yourself to have that fire because that is such an important important, important skill and gift in the world. And the world needs your light. The world needs your fire. Don't ever put that fire out. But in what ways can we start to incorporate some more of the balancing energies or the complementary energies? And it's a, it's a process of unlearning and Mm -hmm. it's, I still like to be completely transparent. I will sometimes still catch myself being like, I got to rush. I got to rush. I got to hurry and do this. And I have to do this. And how am I going to get everything done off my to-do list? And then what that does for me is it leads me into the shame cycle Mm. where then I'm like, I'm inadequate. I can't keep up. I'm falling behind. I suck. Mm. And so then I recognize that and I'm like, okay, I see you thoughts. I see you. I see this part of me. I see this part of me that 
I operated in for so long. I probably will never, that will probably never go away because we are all just human. And this is for me, my, my process. And I, I thank you. And I'm going to choose something different. I'm going to realign my energy because ultimately that shame cycle does not support and serve me. And I have a bigger mission in the world. I have a bigger mission, which is to share my message that we as women can create from this really beautiful energy, enhance our magnetism and find that actually attracting and creating and achieving our goals and reaching our milestones can be a lot easier than we are led to believe. And so it is though this process of unlearning. It is this process of unpacking. It is this process of taking these beliefs and saying, does this serve me? Is this really serving me? And if it's not, how do I want to start looking at, at, how do I want to start looking at this? You know, I always, I do this exercise with my clients about um, accessing your highest self. And it's an, it's an NLP exercise, neuro-linguistic programming, and you reach, you actually meet your highest self and you name her, him, her, it, they, um, and you get to then create this really beautiful relationship of, of personifying your highest self. Because sometimes we think, oh gosh, I have all these dreams and visions of the future. How the heck am I even going to get there when I'm like trying to figure out how to do the day-to-day right now? And so it's about creating that really intimate connection with our highest self, our soul self, and allowing ourselves to take it one step at a time, one step at a time. And I really think that starts with our mindset and our thinking and knowing, is this how is this thought really serving me? And even sometimes tapping into, um, you know, the inner child work. And I know I love this because as moms, we think of, we put, you know, we empathize and think of our own children. How would we speak to our children? You know, we wouldn't tell them, oh, you know, you didn't really do the greatest on that test. Like you could try better, but we speak that way to ourselves all the time, you know? And so I really stopped to think about how would I speak to my daughter? right now in this situation where I'm feeling kind of icky right now. So yeah, it's, it's a process. Um, and it's, it's never about losing or, or, or resisting or denying or ignoring or avoiding a part of us, but it's about how can we broaden our energetic container to embrace all parts of ourselves? Mm. Yeah. I like that. And I think that's where I mean, probably in the last couple of years, there's been like that dichotomy online, at least between like your high achiever, your go, go, go energy, or like, okay, we got to do less rest more. But then I feel like we feel guilty for being the high achiever and that more pit to energy. So you're like, okay, well, everyone's saying I should be here. That's the more feminine energy, but that might not be your innate nature. And, you know, just as you kind of said with that, with that answer, I think that was kind of a beautiful way to kind of say. Be, I mean, being you is going to be the best way to do that and softening. Yes. How can you soften? Does this feel aligned? And a lot of the times when people try on the like do less, they're like, this, this doesn't feel right in my body. Right. Right. It's, it's so it's, it's about awakening to our own intuition. Isn't it, Andrea? It's like, it's really ultimately about, it's not one size fits all. Yes. Some people, some of my clients are I love the feminine energy. I want to be in the feminine energy and a little bit of the masculine. And some are the, I love what you just shared too, because a lot of my clients are also the, that pitta energy too, of like, go, go, go. And they get stuff done. 
And, but then here's where it becomes a problem is if you're in chronic stress, if you're getting adrenal fatigue, if you're getting those physical symptoms, right. And as a nurse, I get to do that. And I get to coach my clients through all of that work as well, because I have that, that, that knowledge base of Western medicine too, of like, okay, so how can we bring this in? Ultimately though, it's my main message is to always awaken to your own intuition. Mm -hmm. We are our own gurus. We just aren't, we are products of our environment. And Mm -hmm. so oftentimes myself included, I didn't grow up in an environment where my intuition was celebrated and valued. Right. And so it's a process of awakening to our intuition and knowing, oh, I actually do have the answers inside. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's kind of a generational thing too, because I think we're Mm -hmm. about the same age here. And I mean, I think growing up, it wasn't that, you know, it was very much, you trust the people who say, these are the answers, you know, the teacher's no best. Like this is, this is the way it should be. This is the way you should think. Cause I remember in college, I wrote this essay and I remember on like a book report or on something. And it was my freshman year. And the professor was like, in 20 years, I've never had anyone see the book the way that you just described it. And she didn't say it was good or bad. She just was like, huh. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, that's so interesting. But like, that would be like, she didn't say yay or nay, which was probably good on her part. Cause then it didn't lean me to be like, oh, was I completely wrong? Like I, and then I would have been doubting myself probably the rest of college. Cause it was one of the first classes that I took, but instead I was like, okay, cool. Like I see things differently and it's not necessarily a bad thing. And isn't that interesting? Cause I, I just put myself in my like 18, 19, 20 year old shoes of yours. Like, cause I, I would also get some of that feedback, that older version of me. And even now I notice it was like, we'll do, I would kind of seeking the approval of the teacher of like, so what did you think? And isn't that interesting how we tend to gravitate to that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. To want to know, like, is this right? Should yeah. I keep doing this? Or am I going to get docked points? Is it, you know, yes. like that, you know, that was probably in the back of my head, but I was like, I mean, that's still, is probably one of the only things that really sticks out to me from that class was like just the, you know, feedback of no feedback essentially. And just kind of trusting, well, what do you think? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with this, but it was interesting. So I I think that we need more, I mean, where can else can we have like professionals, you know, probably you as a coach, like just reminding if you are a coach yourself listening, like that is kind of the nice feedback. Cause then it puts it on us to say, well, what does your intuition say about that? Like, what do you really gut feel? How did that, you know, hit for you? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, it's like that sense of personal agency, right. Where we're just like, here's the thing we could be. We could be the, the healer to one person and the villain to another. We can be lover to one person and we could be the, the hater to another, right? Everyone's going to have their own judgments. And so it's about a, what is that? What do we think? Cause that's important. That's really important. What is our intuition telling us? And also how can we broaden the lens of our perspective to see so many more sides, you know, and it's not to say that, you know, you can change, but sometimes that leads to you changing your perspective. Sometimes that leads you to being like, no, I'm actually feeling really good about, about where I stand in this. So, but ultimately no matter how much, and I learned this from being in corporate America before and burning out so quickly is that I was seeking so much of that external validation from the external sources. So now I like to achieve, but I achieve because it makes me feel good. And because it aligns with who I am and it aligns with my mission and my message and my purpose in life. 
And so I then it, it liberates, it's a liberating feeling because, you know, some people are going to love it. Some people aren't. And accepting that I, that I, as long as I feel like at the end of the day, I did a good job. I did, I, I improved by at least 1%. I came from this kind of higher sense of like love and compassion and like the agape sense of love of just like, did I come in alignment with my soul self as best as I could, right? Because it's not perfect. It's not about perfect, perfecting it. Uh, or, you know, did I reshift back into a state of in alignment or am I willing to, at least maybe I'm sitting with it and still, you know, you know, marinating on something, but yeah, it is. It's about how you feel towards yourself and how you feel towards your life and your path and your journey. And do you that's think that's something that parents can help teach and foster? Cause I feel like I have three brothers and I feel like all of us, I mean, my parents did a great job. Well, I don't know if they purposely did that, but we all very much do whatever. Like I wore my dad's corduroy pants to school and everyone knew and, you know, kind of made fun. I didn't care. I was like, no, these are cool. And I yeah. would wear, you know, just like whatever, like strawberry shortcake shirts and, you know, would just wear stuff that most people wouldn't feel comfortable wearing. And my brothers would sometimes drive a tractor to high school, you know, and just yeah. like stuff that people would be like, make fun of, but like, we didn't, it just brushed right off of us. Well, I guess three of the four of us, one of my brothers is a little more sensitive, but you know, that's where I'm like, is that something that, you know, my parents foster? Cause as I have, I have a seven-year-old and now a three and a half month old as we're recording this, but like, how can I make sure that I'm fostering that in them? Cause I think that's such a great skill to have. I love that you shared that. And, you know, thank you for sharing. And to be completely vulnerable, my, um, my five and a half year old daughter is, is going through a bit of this adjustment period herself where it's as her mom, it's a little heartbreaking. I want to scoop in and protect her and be like, no, but she's, you know, she's coming. She felt left out the other day in class. Um, and then another day, a little girl said, uh, said something that was like, you can't play with me. Mm-hmm. And I can sense a little bit of that, like, you know, kind of like, am I, am, is this, is there something wrong with me? And so, you know, from a really young age, because I didn't, I love, I love when I hear of people growing up with parents like that. I didn't really grow up that way. Like I had to, I came from a lot of shame, a lot of anger, a lot of rage in my household. And so, uh, and that has healed over the, over the years too, with the relationships with my family, which I'm so grateful for, but, uh, I came having to really learn how to build that up within myself Mm. One thing I learned when I knew I was going to become a mom is that I was going to spoil my daughter with love. Like there was Mm. no way that you couldn't over, like, there's no way you can spoil someone with a kid with love. Like, you know, just doing those check-ins and telling her and we say affirmations. And this morning, actually, we, I showed her mirror work where I stepped in front of the mirror while she was brushing her teeth. And I told myself, I loved me. And she's like, what are you doing, mom? And I was like, I'm telling myself that I love me. And that I can do anything and that, and that my dreams are possible. And she just kind of giggled and chuckled. And so, yes, I do believe that that is absolutely possible. And I think your level, our level as parents of self-awareness of having that kind of in the forefront of our mind is already like, we're already steps ahead, right? Mm -hmm. So easy to think sometimes like, is it working? Am I am I being a good parent? Am I creating that safe environment of like enough balance of protection also then 
letting her experience life and learn what resiliency is about. It's tough. I don't have all the answers. I really don't. And I'm in that process myself. So I love that you asked that question. And so I think for me and what I have been coming to as I tap into my own intuition and then connecting with other um, loved ones who I really value and trust, uh, it is that level of self-awareness and that intentionality of, I want my child, you know, because the, the world can be, you know, an up and down kind of thing. It depends on our perspective. So I want to equip my daughter with as many tools and as many resources as possible and start to build that level of of groundedness and confidence within herself and self-esteem at a really young age. Cause I having experienced the opposite. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's, I love that. Yeah. And I think probably even just thinking about it, I mean, probably, I guess on the right track and we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've always, I've always found anytime that I set an intention and just kind of, it's, it, it just, it tends to, that's kind of the feminine to me is like, anytime I set an intention, it's like, and I have my energy locked into it. It's like, this is what I desire. Uh, it just, it just throughout the day and throughout the week, opportunities start to come where maybe my daughter asks me in a question and I'm like, okay, let's talk about self-esteem or let's talk about, you know, this, that, or the other. And then I have to trust that that, that has been received and that, and that she's understanding in her own way, what that means. Uh, Well, I would love for you to kind of share a little bit about you have an upcoming TEDx talk in September here. So how did that journey unfold for you? How did that come about? I, so this is so fun. So I am really big into the law of attraction and uh, about a year ago, actually around this time last year, I was like, starting to feel the pool to speak more. And that if, and here's where I like to share this because in the time I was still had my, she was four at the time. She was not in full day uh, school. She was just in preschool. So here I am building my business and growing it. And I have a little one that's at, you know, my side most of the time and my little mini me. And I hadn't quite been, you know, it was still kind of post COVID. And so it was like, you know what, it's, I'm feeling that desire for connection. And I'm feeling that desire to go out into the world and connect with uh, amazing souls. And in that, I was like, I really want to start speaking. And that was something that I did in my twenties and I loved it. And I was like, this is, this is something I want to do. And what's interesting is it, it just kind of naturally evolved to what would I talk about? What would be some fun ideas? Like what could be some different positions to share the messages that are important to me to inspire? And as I was starting to brainstorm and journal and write, because like I said, I have so many ideas all the time. I real, I came to one specific idea. And as I was starting to flesh that out and talk to my own mentor uh, I was like, holy crap, this is like, this could be a TED talk one day. And just to, just to rewind just a few years before, back in 2011, I was introduced to TED talks and I, I don't remember the first speaker I watched, but I was like, wow, this is so inspiring. I'm going to be on that stage one day. Don't know when, don't know how, don't know what I'll talk about, but I just felt this very like locked in, like I'm going to be there one day. 
And so then fast forward to a year ago, I started to work on this idea some more. I started to talk to some of my trusted advisors to say, hey, what do you think about this angle? And they said, green light, go. So I was actually in the process of manifesting it by just working on it just for fun from time to time. It wasn't like, you know, I didn't, I wasn't like forceful about it, but just when I had some time, I was like, okay, I'm going to write down this idea and this idea. And then back in October, I did an NLP exercise uh, to related to the theme of unlimited potential and tapping into your potential. And so I kind of forgot about that. So like that was in the summer and then fast forward a few months into the fall, I get this big spiritual download and it said Ted talk. And I was like, huh? Okay. So I just kind of casually just searched the internet for like 15 minutes. It's like, what does someone even do to be on the Ted stage? Like I have no idea. So I'm understanding some of the process And then I kind of was like, oh, okay, cool. And then I set it down and that was in October. And then in January, I get an email from uh, someone I am connected to and she invited me to apply. She was hosting. She's going to curate the TEDx talk in Huntington Beach in September. And I was like, holy smokes, I have got to do this. Like this is just through this, this you know, <laughs> process just kind of fell into my lap, but it wasn't as easy as, and I want to be totally transparent and honest. It wasn't as easy as one would expect, right? Like I've been working on this. I've been playing with my idea for a while. Then I'm like, Ooh, Ted talk download. Okay. Uh, so it would just seem like, it's <clears throat> like, okay, the natural next step is you just do it. I started to question. I actually had some doubts, some hesitations of like, do I do this? Do I do this? And so that was when I did my practice, my exercises. And one of the final things was like, I was walking um, in the forest next nearby and I came back and I was like, I'm just going to do it. So I submitted my application and slowly, but surely I kept getting notices that I moved to the next step. And then I moved to the next step and moved to the next step. And here I am. So I am about 85% done with my talk. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. Congrats. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, that's so awesome. And I love how you talked about that because I think sometimes with manifestation, we think like, oh, I think it is going to arrive. But as you said, you were taking action steps all, you know, all the time for many years, just jotting down ideas. And so it slowly came to be, and it wasn't just like, oh, it landed here without doing anything. I love that. Yes. And, and sometimes it can happen quickly and sometimes we have to trust in the divine timing, right? It really is that the two things we can't control are the how and the when, mm. and that's tough as high achieving women. Believe me, I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, it's the timing. I think that's a big one too, because sometimes we think we're ready for X, Y, Z that we thought, but yes. then really looking back, we're like, I was not at all prepared if I would have gotten whatever opportunity. Hundred percent, and I think that's that. I love that you said that too, Andrea, because that is that is when I when I had that recognition years ago. That's when my relationship with time actually changed. Where it was like, okay, I'm gonna trust. I'm gonna I'm gonna allow myself to trust more into the timing because if I look back in my years in my twenties where I had all of this success, I wasn't prepared for it. Yeah, I really wasn't ready for it. There is a lot to be said about the timing and trusting the timing of our lives and trusting our pace and our process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I would love to know if people are wondering where they can work with you or, you know, find you, where can they connect with you at Jen? Yeah. So you can go to www.jenadamson and that's with two N. So it's J E N N A D A M S O N.com slash podcast. And that'll take you to all sorts of fun freebies and offerings. And uh, yeah. Perfect. And is there any social media you'd like to hang out on? Yeah. So I am on Instagram and Facebook a lot on Instagram. I am at, I am Jen Adamson and it's the same with Facebook as well. Perfect. I'll put both of those in the show notes. Well, I just have one final question. I always like to end with a weekly challenge. So what would you like that challenge to be this week? Ooh, I love this. Okay. It's, it has arrived because you had, you had prepared me before and I was trusting that it would come. And so this is, this is a challenge that I love to do and I can't take credit for it. It's from one of my mentors, Gabrielle Bernstein, and she shared this many years ago and I still use it to the day. So it's super simple. It's a really simple way to tap into your intuition. And I talk about it in my ebook. And it is in the first thing in the morning, when you wake up, place your hand on your heart. You can still do this laying down, say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. With some emotion and just feel that gratitude in your heart three times. And then say, what would you have me do? Where would you have me go? What would you have me say? And to whom? And then just move on through your day. I love it. And we have not had that one. So thank you. That's a great way to start your day. Oh, I love it. Well, thanks, Jen, for coming on and good luck with your TEDx talk. I can't wait to see it. Do those go online as well on YouTube eventually? Yes, they will. So the actual talk is September 23rd and I think you can still buy tickets. So if anyone's in the area and is interested, they can, I'm sure it's a simple Google search, TEDx Huntington Beach. And uh, yeah, it'll start on September 23rd, 2023. And then it should be sometime afterwards where you can find it on YouTube. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Jen. And everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power.